Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. My name's Andy Bell and joining me tonight in the direct aftermath of Austria 2, Northern Ireland 1, is Peter Baker. And Pete, first of all, thanks for coming on. And secondly, I mean, I needed that performance. I know it's another defeat, it's another defeat in the Nations League, but that put a smile on my face tonight after Slovakia. I don't know about you, but like Slovakia hit me for six and there may be people listening to this saying, well, that's obvious. It's a, it's a, it's a playoff final, but like I was worse after Slovakia than, than what I was even after Switzerland or against Wales in 2016. And, and that performance really picked me up tonight. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah. Hi Andy. Thanks again for having me on. Yep. Pretty similar. I mean, obviously coming off the back of Thursday was pretty down in the dumps for the past few days. Um, like a real kick in the teeth but you know t- tonight's game actually put a smile on my face I, I i quite enjoyed it to be honest for 80 minutes uh you know when mcginnis scored i c- couldn't quite believe it are we going to get our first win in the nations league after such a disappointing result so surprisingly after a 2-1 defeat have come away with a, quite a positive attitude it shows there's a bit of hope there as well so yeah I, I really enjoyed it as well and like when we saw the lineup and look we were expecting wholesale changes and we got it and I guess it wasn't quite the team I, I wanted to see I mean I was more expecting to see a white start up front but it was he went with Washington and Boyce and I guess 3-5-2 I mean when we all saw the lineup we expected it to be that formation but we didn't quite expect to see Michael Smith in midfield now I know he's played there a little bit for hearts but I mean from my perspective if you're playing against a really good team and they don't create that many chances and you're saying, I didn't really notice my defensive midfielder, I think you're fairly well-placed to say your defensive midfielder played quite well. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he acquitted himself really well. Um, I, I wasn't really aware he could play in centre midfield, so it came as a bit of a surprise to me. But, you know, he was playing against decent operators like Baumgartlinger and so on. Um, yeah, he was quite impressive, held onto the ball well, broke up play a fair amount. Um and did his did his role really well? I guess if he's future, I, yeah. guess, I guess if he's like in that position where sometimes, as we were saying in the preview podcast of Slovakia, like sometimes when Dallas plays right back, and then you have to give him a rest or you have to play him somewhere else, and you put somebody else in there, it can seem like frustrating because Dallas is such an all rounder, he's such a good player, and gives us so much going forward. And Smith's slightly more limited than that, so he can take a bit of stick sometimes, but. That position, especially in a game like this, now, I don't know if I'd want him to line up in midfield against like Estonia at home, for example, but in that position, like it enables him to do the things he does best. He's a hard worker. You know, he's tidy enough on the ball, low key. Um and and like I thought he, he gave our midfield a really a really uh, strong basis to play from. And another man in that midfield is uh, is Ali McCann, who who comes in, makes his debut. You know, we know he's been he's been playing a good bit for St Johnson over the last two years. He's been he's been pretty much a mainstay on that side. And I mean, certainly first half, I thought he was magnificent. He was intercepting, he was he was using the ball well, he was tidy on the ball as well. And like we may save a bit of money on Trident because if North Korea far a nook into us, Ali McCann's accept, uh, intercepting the bugger, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to make his debut away in Vienna uh, against a team who pretty much dominated us at Windsor Park was really impressive. Really busy, uh, really impressive. And I think he, he looked quite tricky in the ball as well. Maybe something different that we, we don't have in that centre midfield position. Um so he's, he's done his chances for future selection, no harm, certainly in terms of getting a starting position even. Um, yeah, really impressed by McCann. He, he, 
he's one of those players where, you know, we lambasted sort of the lack of creativity against Slovakia. And in, in certain games, it can seem like that. There's a bit of a lack of creativity in our midfield. And I think everyone was sort of looking to Galbraith to maybe come in in this game and give us a bit of quality on the ball. And Ali McCann, okay, he didn't, he didn't play that slide rule through ball. He didn't play that 40-yard pass. But he, he was just what we needed in this game. And like, as you mentioned, you go back to that game against Austria um, a month ago at Windsor Park and you've three lads in midfield who you've asked to go again after playing 120 minutes and it's pretty much the same bar McCann um, in, in tonight's game I mean and and we seem to be a whole lot better um, so that that a lot of that was down to him and you know it was it's one of those games you, you're playing at St Johnston you, you're down the bottom end of the league you're used to playing against the likes of Celtic and Rangers where like Austria did tonight they have most of the ball and I guess there, there, there's a question mark going forward. Um, I mean, maybe we'll see it on Wednesday night if he starts as to whether when we have a bit more of the ball, he can be as effective. But for what he was asked to do tonight, I, I'm really impressed by him. And, you know, I I think he, we don't like to get stuck into Savile too much because he seems to be the whipping boy these days, but he can definitely challenge Savile for that third midfield spot, can't he? And it might even give McNair a little bit more license to get forward. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, I think, I, I mean, going, going back to the Slovakia game, Looking at Savile's performance, he doesn't really show for the ball. I don't know if I I tried to watch him for a, uh, quite specifically to see if he was showing for the ball, trying to make himself available. And he didn't really do it. Whereas I thought McCann tonight, you know, he's asking for the ball early on, showed a bit of confidence, um, and got himself into the game and didn't go missing. Um, and yeah, if if we can uh, get a get the personnel in so that McNair has the license to go further up the pitch, I think that's pretty effective, because I thought McNair was excellent tonight, going I forward, well. really dynamic, um, created a few chances for us, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think McNair, I mean, I, I put up a poll on the Twitter, and because there were so many sort of good performances, it didn't actually include McNair, but there are a couple of people who have replied to me, sort of rightly saying that McNair deserves a shout for tonight, and we talked about it in the preview, we said about how maybe McNair dropping into a back three, can maybe give Savile the license to go forward. But if you've got a player who can come in for Savile, and you know we have players who can come in for Savile, maybe before we'd want to drop McNair back in there, you could see McNair going forward. I mean, those two in midfield, it, it hasn't worked at Middlesbrough when they've played together, and that's why McNair's had to drop into the back three. But you could actually look at maybe taking Savile out of the side for a bit. And I hate to do this because I hate... He hit the pylon on George Savile, and I don't even think he's at fault for the first goal on, on Thursday night. I mean, we're not going to go back into that. Goodness me, I'm in a good mood. But um, do you think, I mean, McCann's, you can't see McCann sort of starting the next qualifying campaign, but can you see somebody different to Savile maybe coming into that midfield, a, a Corey Evans, a Jordan Thompson, uh, to give McNair that license to go forward? Do you think that could be a real asset for us going forward? I think so, because... You know, again, back to Slovakia, we did seem a bit sluggish in midfield. There wasn't uh, much dynamism there. And someone like McCann, who seemed to be quite quick, tidy in the ball, could run forward, seemed quite tricky. It, you know, it just gives us something different um, that we certainly lacked. Maybe a, and with players being dynamic and carrying the ball forward and having confidence, that, that creates chances and space in other parts of the pitch because you have to commit players. Um, so I... I mean, whether it's Corey Evans, whether it's McCann, I, th- I think uh, there's a bit of competition for that third midfield spot if the other two are going to be occupied by Davis and McNair, which is probably likely. Yeah, and it's good to have that competition, isn't it? We yeah. haven't really had that in 
so even like at times under Michael O'Neill, you know, you'd see and the, the one thing I'd say about Ian Barraclough that he that we can say about him when he's come in, and bear in mind he has he has got a lot of doubters and in certain aspects understandably so, but he's made us compact and hard to beat when we've had to rest seven or eight players. And I think that's been really impressive. I mean, let's go on to talk about the back three, because there was a bit of debate on this. The three five two is it a formation that works for us? It seemed to work okay in Norway. And again, you're you're looking at it in the context of tonight where you don't have a lot of the ball and, and in certain games, you know, maybe 60, 70% of games, Northern Ireland are going to play in this way. And that's just the way it has to be with our limited pool of players. But I thought the three five two worked really well. We barely gave them a, a big chance apart from the goals. And bear in mind, like, that's a good Austria side. I'd say that's pushing top 10 in Europe. And at one point, they've Sabitzer, Arnautovic and Alaba as a front three. And you're looking at McLaughlin, Ballard and Flanagan. And they were more or less unfazed the whole time. I mean, I thought they were really good. What did you think? I, I thought the back three worked well. I mean, bear in mind that uh, their first goal was offside as well. <laughs> Where yeah. was VAR when you need it? Anyway, we'll talk about that. Here, here, here's the thing on VAR, though. If you have VAR in there, you, you their goal doesn't stand, but you don't really get to celebrate that McGuinness goal, do you? Because yeah, it looks like a mile offside. <laughs> I, I was really expecting it to be ruled out. I had no idea how he got through. <laughs> right decision, though. Yeah, I know. Everyone seemed to stop Bar McGuinness. Yeah, it was a strange one. But yeah. But, but on the back three anyway, how do yeah. you think that sort of worked out tonight? And do you think it's something we could maybe see on Wednesday? I think so. I think it's, I mean, Barraclough seemed to utilise it um, when we've had a sort of second string team out to, to try and get a result away from home. But it worked really well in Norway and it worked really well tonight. Now, I would be interested to see what happens if the sort of first team players come in and play that formation, Johnny Evans uh Cathcart and I'd probably play Ballard in there as well just to get that experience. Um I also think having Dallas and Lewis as wing backs gives them more of a license to push up the pitch and be creative. Dallas a couple of times in the overlap looked really dangerous tonight. The dynamic again. Um, so I, I think for the players that we have playing three at the back plays to our strengths. Keeps us compact. Um, but we also do have a bit of threat going forward as well. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's sort of the first time we've seen three five two with with Dallas and Lewis. And obviously Lewis doesn't start tonight. I thought thought Ferguson actually did all right in that thirty five yeah. minutes he was there. I mean, maybe not so much going forward, but he made a couple of good defensive interceptions. But we do have players for this formation now. And okay, McNair doesn't play there tonight. And we've just talked about how you know he maybe he's a bit more licensed to attack, but he can drop in there. He's playing there for Middlesbrough. I mentioned previously in previous podcasts about you know, the, the plethora of centre-halves we have playing in the back three. And as you say there, Dallas and Lewis, it enables them to get further forward. And one one thing I want to mention is it, Connor Washington seems to play a lot better when he's got a strike partner beside him, doesn't he? Like, I, I thought he got a bit lost in the game on Thursday night, and maybe that's because there wasn't as much space to run into. And, you know, Slovakia are solid. We can't forget that. But when he plays there against uh, Norway away, when he plays there with McGuinness, he links up well with him. He plays there tonight with Boyce, and I thought Boyce was superb, but... We can maybe talk about the front two now as a as a parent because, as I say, Boyce was really good and McGuinness does seem to play better when his body's around him. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. Washington, I think I said McGuinness there, did I? Yeah, I think, I think you did. That's so, right. So it's been a long week. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. Uh, the two up top again seems to work well. When we, I mean, when we've played or started with uh, one striker on the pitch, they tend to get a bit isolated. They can't hold the ball up so well because the wingers don't get close enough to them or the midfield. Um, but we saw tonight, Boyce looked really good. Washington looked really good. There was a bit of link up. Um, 
certainly that first chance in the first half where Boyce had his sort of scuff shot. Um, and then in Slovakia, I think when Lafferty and Boyce came on, they looked they worked really well together as a front two. I, I mean, I think Boyce has really put his hand up in the past two games as a potential starter. He's played really well, especially in a two. Um, and I don't see why we we deviate from that, to be honest, going forward. We've looked our most threatening by playing two strikers. Yeah, and it enables you to go sort of direct as well, which we, which we well, first of all, we like to do as Northern Ireland, but it's we have the players to do it. You know, McGuinness, Boyce, Lafferty, if he's playing. Um, but they all seem to struggle a bit when they're up front on their own. Maybe they're, they're not quite of the required quality to play up front on their own, but if you give them somebody buzzing around like Washington, um, you certainly see a, a better sort of performance. And sort of playing into the 3-5-2, which is maybe a mark in the box of 3-5-2, is the fact that we just don't have the wingers at the minute playing at the, at the required level or playing enough football. I mean, we all know what's happened with Jordan Jones. We're not going to go back into that. Gavin White isn't playing at Cardiff. And then you're looking at... You know, McGinn, who's, who's not getting any younger. Kennedy, who's uncapped. Smith and Cooper, who don't seem to be in favour. I mean, we don't have many wingers that I trust to start, let alone two of them. So 3-5-2, with those fullbacks pushing forward, can give us that width. And, and they do that really well, don't they? I mean, it's one of those where we have to wait to see it. Even Wednesday night would be a great time to test it out, where we maybe are slight favourites for the game, and you know we'll see. But I mean, it's certainly something that I'm looking forward to seeing. I think it could really suit this squad. Um, I don't know if I mentioned at the start of the podcast. It's it's a bit of a mad one with the, with the Nations League because I mean, Romania and Norway gets cancelled, and we're now looking at. I mean, there were some rumours that Norway were going to have their, all the results annulled. I don't think that's a that's a, a realistic proposition that's going to happen, but. I hear that either either Romania are going to get a 3-0 win or there's going to be lots drawn for either a 1-0 Romania win, a 0-0 or a 1-0 Norway win. I mean, we're going to need a big performance from the lots in the next couple of days if we're staying in this league, aren't we? <laughs> that seems pretty bizarre. I heard, what, Norway might try and get a B team out. I don't know who's going to play there, their fans or something. But, <laughs> I mean, you'd expect Romania to get the win if Norway can't field the team, wouldn't you? And I, <laughs> the writing's on the wall. I think we've... Our performances have finally caught up with us in the Nations League. I don't think we'll scrape through this time and remain in there. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 messaged, you messaged me in midweek. You were saying, like, we really are Nations League frauds if we stay up. Like, can you imagine if, if there's a lot drawn, Norway 1-1-0, and then we scrape past Romania? I mean, they just can't get rid of us, can they? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it's in some ways, it might be quite good to, to play against sort of third-tier nations and um, get a few victories there especially if we still have the World Cup qualifying campaign, we can still play some of the, the better teams in Europe. Um, I mean, if if we, for example, if we got relegated and then we won our Nations League group, would that stand us in good stead in terms of qualifying for another major tournament? Or is that... Uh, so, looking towards 2024, it's uh, the Nations League is a lot more beneficial to qualifying for it than than like what it than what it was for this one because for for this one we had to win our group and then even then we had to hope that a certain number of teams well like the playoff slot dropped down I thought I was going to have to get the calculator out again for a bit but now I realised very quickly we weren't winning games in the Nations League it's not what we do um, but yeah it's it's one of those where um, if we go down to League C now uh, for twenty twenty four. And yeah. if, we, if we win our group, then we've automatically got a playoff for, for Euro 2024, no, no matter what happens in qualifying. And the interesting thing about that is, if you're in League C, you can't be drawn against a team higher. So no matter like how they have to reshape it with League A teams dropping down, if you win your League C group, 
you're playing against League C teams. Now, the thing I would say about that is League C isn't all the Maltas and Luxembourgs that you think it's going to be. Like Greece are in there, Slovenia are in there. The Republic of Ireland may drop down. And, you know, in the last qualifying campaign, Norway and Serbia were in there. So it's not like it's yeah. it's a shoe-in that we're going to win, especially the way we play in the Nations League. But it is an interesting debate. I mean, well, let, maybe let's wait and see until until Wednesday night, until we're completely sure uh, of what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, listen, yeah. We'll, we'll maybe chat a bit more about the permutations and the World Cup qualifying draw on uh on, on Wednesday night. But here, yeah. going 1-0 up in the 75th minute via Josh McGuinness just isn't for us, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was I was just laughing to myself. I was like, how on earth has this happened? I, it was sort of, if you don't laugh, you'll cry after Thursday night, <laughs> after everything that had happened. I just can't be bothered being annoyed by it at this point. Like, it was a good performance. It put a smile on my face. It's what I needed. Yeah, I mean, tonight was, I mean, my attitude towards tonight was, it's very much a free shot. I saw the lineup tonight. I was like, well, best case scenario, we'll draw nil-nil <laughs> or we'll yeah. win nil-nil. Um, <laughs> Depending <laughs> on the lots and their performance. <laughs> yeah, especially with the squad that they put out. Um, but, you know, they surprised me and they play really well. Uh, looked dangerous, looked organised. Um, it's given me a bit of hope. We're going forward. Yeah, yeah. We've, it's sort of been dubbed the end of an era. Yeah. Whether, do we go back into the international wilderness from here? But maybe not. Maybe I mean, not. What, what do you think of that? Because I've, I've had a lot of people sort of tweeting and commenting on Facebook and stuff, like saying, oh, it's the end of an era. Everyone seems like desperate to say it, it's the end of an era. And they're desperate for us to almost be like, back <laughs> scrapping at the bottom of, 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 at the bottom of qualification groups. I mean, it could happen. You know, we all know Davis is coming to the end of his career. I mean, Johnny Evans and Craig Cathcart, they're in their early 30s, but I still think they've a few more years in them, certainly. Um, obviously, there's a chat about Kyle Lafferty as well, but we haven't really relied on Kyle Lafferty for three or four years anyway, is what I would say in that. I mean, I it could happen, but I'm not ready to give up on this just yet. I mean, let's wait and see how the, the World Cup qualifying group comes back. You know, Denmark are in pot one. If you draw somebody like that, you could sneak in. Um, I'm just not as quick to to consign us to back to irrelevancy international as, internationally as you say i mean what, what, what's your whole take on it can you are you preparing yourself for the doldrums again I, i'm not too sure i i would say it's the end of the the michael o'neill era i know barraclough has taken over for these games but i think you know it very much felt like o'neill's squad and o'neill's handiwork that went into the these even these last few games and you know, this period of, what, 10 years has culminated in qualifying for a major tournament, getting to two playoffs for two more major tournaments. Mm-hmm. It just has to be looked on as a great success. Now, Barclough obviously took over, and his one aim was to try and get us to Euro 20, Euro 2021 or whatever. Um, And we nearly got there. The Nations League, for me, is pretty irrelevant this time around. That wasn't our, our mission. I think moving on from here, it's time for Barraclough to implement um, his playing style on this group of players. He obviously took on the job and has his own ideas uh, about where he sees the team going. Um, I think the next qualifying campaign is his chance to do that. Maybe bring through the youth. That's what I'd like to see. Give guys like McCann, Ballard, Galbraith, White opportunities to play a bit of football. Um, So I don't think we'll... Um, return to international wilderness as such. I think it's the beginning of a new era, the Barclough era. If it's the same success as O'Neill, that would be such a bonus. 
Um, so I'm, I'm relatively optimistic. You know, one door closes, another opens. We go again. So, no, yeah. I, I think yeah. we could maybe do something. Yeah, it could be fair. I, th- I think you're right to say like it's it's a new era. I mean, I think the end of an era sort of suggests that you are going to go go back to being well, reverting to type as it was for like the last for like the 10, 15 years before Michael O'Neill. But yeah, I think a new era is one of those like, let's see what that brings. I mean, we're relying on the likes of Paddy McNair to step up and be that Steve yeah. Davis figure, you know, and we're relying on Jamal Lewis and Stuart Dallas, those sort of players who have been good for us to step up and be the, the ones we really rely on. I think, I think Stuart Dallas actually already is that, to be fair. But yeah. we're, we're, you know, we need players to step up and then we need, as you say, the likes of McCann, the likes of Galbraith, the likes of White to, to start coming into the side and, and being guys we can we can look to, to to provide the moments as well. And you know what, if uh, if we could somehow find a number nine as well, I mean, that would just be the icing <laughs> on the cake with the, um Don't know where that's coming from. But here, let me let me read through a few Facebook comments before we wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Darren Mitchell says, very poor from Cathcart, brought on for his, for his experience, just needed better game management and a draw would have been achievable. I mean, sort of ties into, I mean, we haven't really talked about their goals, but it sort of ties into what you're saying about the three five two, we can praise it all we like. We can say we've had good performances with it, but when the likes of the the first team come back in, it, we don't know if they're going to suit it as much. And I did think it was poor for Cathcart for that second goal. The first goal, I think you can you can put down to yeah, you know, it was just a bit of luck. It was offside, as you say. Yeah. But the second one, Cathcart sort of tries to play offside, and when you're coming on, I I got stuck into him after Norway, and I didn't you know wasn't really overly proud of it, but. When you come on after Flanagan, McLaughlin and Ballard have basically been faultless all night and then you make the mistake, it, it just doesn't look great for him, does it? No, it's a bit disappointing. Maybe he's been caught cold there, but I don't I don't think that's an error due to the system. That's an individual error of a lapse in concentration. Um, something like Cathcart, you know, will look back and be a bit disappointed with. It was also a good pass by Arnautovic. It was a bit it of quality, was, but we didn't really see. I was worried when he came on. It was a good goal, um, and sometimes you just hold your hands up there. I think sometimes, like when you when you do a podcast as well, you're you are always looking to you're always looking at your own team when a goal goes in. But sometimes, as you say, you just have to have to hold your hands up and say it's it's a good goal and it was good work from Arnautovic, who um, was obviously back in after somehow um, uh, getting a bye from China. I don't know what happened. Escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Chris Copeland says I think Barclough got his tactics right to begin with but I think he got it wrong by taking both Ballard and McCann out. A lot of promise to take away from it. Some of those younger players will be relied on a lot in the next year I think. I mean we gave Barclough so much credit for the substitutions in Bosnia I mean I don't think, I think at that point you're, well first of all you're looking Davis to get another cap because we all want him to get the record don't we uh, and secondly you can't predict Cathcart's going to come on and do that anyway but, but like Ballard is, I've been really impressed with him, just to talk about him for a minute, I've been really impressed yeah. with him in the couple of games he's come in because he's he's one of those defenders, I'm not sure I want to see him in a back two because he's like so he's not, it, it, rash isn't the word, I can't think of the word I'm looking for but everything seems to come off, it's always you're on the edge of your seat with him, he just about makes yeah. the tackle but for two games, for a young guy it's been very encouraging in a position that we're not really sure what's coming through apart from him. Mm. I think Bringing on Cathcart, now I think about it, I don't think was the right decision, simply because by keeping Ballard on the pitch, maybe we hold out for a 1-1 draw. Uh, Ballard gets that experience, soaking up pressure, communicating right to the end when he's fatigued, um, and closing out a result. Um, And also you sort of disrupt the defence, don't you, that actually worked so well. 
by bringing on a new member who's not quite up to speed with the game. Um, but as as you say, Ballard I think has been really impressive, and I'd love to see him fast tracked into a starting team if we can fit him in because he is the future for us. The one thing I would say about about bringing Cathcart on is, did you see the colour of Ballard's face? <laughs> like, he, he looks like me after a few the twenty minutes of play ball, mate. Like, I mean, if I can use the word gammon completely apolitically. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, fair enough. Let me, let me rattle through a few more of these and we'll do some yeah. Twitter before we wrap up. Uh, Naomi Fox says, Shame, really hoped we could get the win when Josh scored first role on the World Cup as this campaign is gone now. Uh, Andrew Murdoch says, It's difficult to be patient when we've had so many incredible memories of Michael O'Neill since 2014, but patient we must be. There was enough in that performance to suggest we could have had another bright period uh, ahead after a couple of years rebuilding. It's too easy to give Barclough a hard time and people are too quick to do it after a poor result when there's positivity in the performance. Yeah, could, couldn't agree more with that. I think there was, in the last two, there's nothing in Barclough for me. I mean, we're not going to talk about Slovakia, but it, it really was individual mistakes. I mean, yeah, um, and, and a lack of sort of creativity in the side, which he'll, he'll maybe have to find a solution to in the next couple of years. Uh, Ryan Critchley says, thought we played quite well, didn't look like conceding, then got caught with, uh, with two quite soft goals. Michael Smith looked good in the CDM role, uh, didn't really put a foot wrong. Boyce and Washington looked good up top, and great to see Super Josh take his chance when he came. And let me read out one final one here. Sorry, I'm just literally going these in, in the order that come up, so sorry if I've missed you out. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, Stuart William, I'm going to paraphrase and say rubbish few days. Uh, set pieces which were a weapon in 2016 and 2018 qualifiers uh, have totally deserted us now. McNair is immense but poor on delivery. Silly, silly mistakes have cost us away to Norway, home and away versus Austria and at home to Slovakia. Basic errors, I mean. That's something we actually sort of chatted about after the podcast on uh, on Wednesday night in the, in the lead up to Slovakia. I mean, you were mentioning... There's a question marks over McNair's delivery, and you can argue about that until the cows come home, but you want him in the box as well, don't you? Yeah, he's a big guy. You want him in the box, causing a bit of havoc. I mean, <laughs> we were saying that Warnock obviously sees him as a centre-half, and Warnock's not going to play him at centre-back unless he can head the ball. I think Dave was saying that. So yeah. I, I don't see why you, would, you wouldn't give Davis possibly the, the corner role, or Dallas, or Lewis, people who don't pose as much of a threat. Um, yeah, even, yeah, yeah, even Thompson, if he comes on, you know, we know Thompson's yeah. got a great delivery, but yeah, I think I think you need to look at at McNair. You know, what is he six two six threes? I mean, I don't. I think the the stuff about his delivery, I think it's hit and miss. I don't think it's terrible, as some people say, but yeah, it's, maybe we could try that out. I mean, Romania, we think is going to be a dead rubber, so I just want to see as many things tried out in that in that game as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, let me go on to Twitter. Let me read out a few of these. Jason Browning says, good performance from the Gawa boys despite the result. Individual errors, extra quality, and the lack of a linesman's flag, the difference. Yeah, very true. <laughs> um, some may doubt him and criticize, but I personally believe in what Barclough's doing right now. Tactically sound, in my view, good to see McCann. Yep. Um, Richard, I uh, don't know your surname, <laughs> says, is 3-5-2 the long-term future of the team with Ballard Godbraith to develop as we hope they do? Yeah, literally as we were saying. I mean, everyone's sort of saying the same sort of things. It's, it's the mistakes. It's It was a good overall performance. Um, last one, Chris Jones says, uh, oh, he's given two, the cheeky bugger. Um, no, fair enough. Uh, it's only 240 characters on Twitter. Hard to know what to make of that. Near perfect for 80 minutes, but two very soft goals cost us. I think Ian deserves a great deal of credit for the team selection and the system, which worked beautifully. Um, but you have to concentrate for 90 minutes, not 80. Would add that I think that we have uh, we have to have faith and give Ian plenty of time. We're heading into a transitional era, and there are good things happening to warrant a bit of patience. Um 
looking towards Romania, Pete, just quickly, because uh, we'll, we'll obviously have a podcast. We'll do a podcast uh, yeah. in the aftermath of that one as well. Is there anything you want to see? Do you want to see this formation again? Do you want to see a Galbraith? Is there, is there, I mean, obviously the guys we think who have been rested tonight, most of them are going to come back in. What specifically do you want to see in that game from Northern Ireland? I'd, I'd like to see the same formation as tonight, but with the first team players coming back in, if they're if they're fit and able to do so. I'd like to see Evans back, Davis back, um, and just see how they fit, because I do think that's the, the system we need to play. I mean, it suits our style. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, if that is the case. Yeah, I think I would quite like to see a back three of Evans, Cathcart, and Ballard. If Ballard ever yeah. gets some color, if he ever gets some color back in his face, but um, yeah, uh, I mean, looking looking at sort of midfield, if you're thinking you'd go with that back three, you'd stick with the fullbacks midfield. Can you ask McNair to go again? It's a difficult one. He's he's put in a lot of work. He puts in another great shift tonight. You think Davis comes back in? Um, do you give McCann a go again then, or do you like to bring Galbraith in? What would you sort of do with a midfield? Um. I put you on the spot here, and that would, Oh yeah, Thompson's a good shot. Yeah. Is Thompson injured? Did I see that? He, he, he didn't travel to Austria. I don't know if he left the squad or returned to Stoke or anything. So let's let's say he's let's say he's available. You definitely put him in. You definitely put Davis in. Davis, Thompson, and then one other. Whether that's I, I mean, I'd like to see Galbraith get some game time. See yeah. What he's like. um, if, you, if you can't give him it, it's as close as a game as you're going to get to a friendly these days. You know, really, isn't it? Yeah, I also think it's harsh to drop McCann. After a good debut, um, so if he got some more minutes, I think that's a positive as well. The he, worry is, sorry, go on. Sorry, I was just gonna, just gonna say he, he's one of those midfielders that, he, no matter what the composition of the other two in midfield, he can sort of provide that balance, can't he? Because he's a bit in between. He intercepts well and he's tidy on the ball. Yeah. He's not somebody who like, maybe like. If you're playing an attacking midfielder, then you can't play another one. You know what I mean? He, he sort of enables a lot of different midfield combinations. Yeah, even playing Michael Smith at centre mid again. Yeah, why not? <laughs> didn't, didn't even he didn't do that badly. You know, the Chris Baird rule. Yeah, um, looks like him as well. Doesn't yeah, it? and then stick with two up top. Maybe start Gavin White. Um, yeah, fair enough. White, White probably does deserve a start, doesn't he? Because he's he's obviously not been playing, and we want to get him a bit more. Bit more minutes since legs. I didn't think it was fantastic when he came on tonight, but it was you know they've some very good defenders. Who who would your front two then be? White and one other. Like would you would you bring? We obviously don't know what the situation with Kyle is at the minute. Obviously he's had a very tough week, but yeah. um, I don't really want to see him from the start. No, I I'd start Boyce and then McGinnis on as an impact sub potentially. Boyce Boyce and White to start. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's actually something that. That, that's, some, that's something I actually wanted to see for this game um, because Michael's actually talked before, Michael O'Neill has talked before about White and Boyce as a partnership. I mean, I don't know if you watched that friendly in the Czech Republic a few years, it was last year, wasn't it? But those two started up front and they were really good together. So mm-hmm. um, obviously before the pandemic hit, we're, we thought we were going to see a little bit more of that. But yeah, th- I think that would be an interesting one to see. I think Boyce deserves another chance. Washington's obviously started both. So you think mm-hmm. he comes in for a rest now? Um and you can use uh, Northern Ireland's David Fairclough off the bench, Josh McGuinness, can't you? <laughs> All right, give me a man of the match, Pete, before we go. Ooh, man of the match. Uh, call me off guard. Sorry. Do you want me to give you, Yeah, give yours. I, on the first half performance, I was definitely going to give it to Ali McCann, um, but I don't think you can look past Ballard, actually, again tonight. I thought, 
I just love watching him defend. I mean, I don't know if it's going to... It feels like, as I say, something that could go badly wrong at any point. But until it does, I'm going to give him man of the match again. I, I thought he was superb. Throws himself in front of everything. Um, I'm like, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought he was super. I'll go Ballard. Yeah, Ballard was great. McCann was great, as you say. Um, probably going to be really boring and probably give it to Stuart Dallas just because he's yeah. class at football. And yeah. <laughs> Just his his uh, average performance for Northern Ireland is so good. We've just come to expect it, but he's, I think, by far our best player. He's uh, he's I think his his quality. Like there was one point tonight where he just opened the body up, played in Paddy McNairo, and it looked pretty impossible. Like it was, you yeah. just looked at him, you thought you, you're just a good footballer. It's not much more we can say, which isn't great for a podcast, but he is, as you articulate there, he's. He's brilliant. Um, let me have a look. Um, yeah, so McCann and Ballard are actually quite close in the Man of the Match poll on Twitter. Um, yeah. I don't know if you heard that. One of the great things, I guess, of not having fans on the ground was you could you could hear a lot of uh, you could hear a lot of what the players were saying. I mean, apart from the the billionth time the commentator had to apologise for bad language, like <laughs> I don't know. Every time every time they were shouting at Ali Ali McCann, it reminded me of that. You know that video where the Scottish fella gets hit by a bus? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just hear Michael McGovern, Ali! Yeah, I can't, yeah. can't the rest of it, but yeah, that made me laugh. Anyway, man of the match, final poll results on Twitter, 78 votes. Uh, Ballard, 37%, McCann, 29%, Dallas, 19%, and Boyce, 15% was the other one I put in. Yeah, but like, I, yeah. yeah. Um, so a, pre- a fairly mixed bag there, you know, a, bi- a bit of a split, which just shows how many good performances there were. Uh, as I say, you know, shout out to Smith, shout out to, to McNair as well, and other good performances. Um, yeah, uh, anything else to say before we wrap up? We'll be back on, on Wednesday. Yeah, I think the message with Barraclough was summed up well by some of the comments there. I think patience is key. Got to give him time. Um, we don't have a quick fi- We're not blessed with the ability to have quick fixes. Um, like other international teams, like Holland, for example, change their matches and suddenly their fortunes change or change of managers and their fortune changes. We've had a change of manager. We need to give them that time to implement this style. And hopefully the future looks hopeful if we give them that time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it was personally, it put, a, it put a smile on my face tonight. I mean, the two late goals, I'm not, I'm not going to let them... I'm not going to let them get to me. I just can't be bothered with another couple of days of, of feeling upset about Northern Irish football, really, because, as I say, I was in the doldrums the last couple. But, yeah, listen, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope that performance put a smile on your face, and I hope this podcast uh, has put a bit of a smile on your face as well. As I say, we'll be back after the game um, uh, on, on Wednesday night against Romania. If you're going, give it everything. Um, give these boys a, a send-off, because over the last couple of, over the last couple of days, they've... While the results haven't been there, they've, they've really put everything in, um, and I think they deserve a, a, a big ovation uh, Wednesday night. So if you're there, uh, put everything in for the boys, even though it is a bit of a dead rubber. Thanks very much, Pete, for coming on. No worries. Thanks very much. Really enjoyed um, it again. And we'll see you again after after Romania. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>